Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Think about that. A professing Christian, a so-called born-again Christian, or at least a professing Christian, there are people who profess Christ but don't know Christ, right? Don't understand the sanctity of marriage. Over a third of professing evangelical Christians believe that they have a role in earning their salvation. That is amazing. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every giant will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken in two All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible with you In this day and age of a world that has no shortage of opinions, it is imperative that we have a firm grip on what we believe and why we believe it. Having any gray areas in our walk with God can be a recipe for disaster, which is why we need to cling to God's Word, the blueprint for our very existence. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Grace to Live, the daily radio broadcast of Pastor Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor at Hillside Church in San Jose, California. On today's program, we will be revisiting Pastor Keith's sermon series entitled, The Blueprint. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to Psalm 19, as Pastor Keith begins his Blueprint series. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. If you would turn your Bibles to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. I want, I'd like to read something to you while you're turning there. Something I read on the internet. You have to be careful with the internet. You know, anybody can post anything, right? Just like anybody can write a book and pay three or $4,000 and self-publish. Anybody can get a website. But I like the website I found this on. And this is what it said. It said, the Bible. We believe that, that God has spoken in the scriptures both Old and New Testaments through the words of human authors. As, verbally, as the verbally inspired word of God, the Bible is without error in the original writings, the complete revelation of his will for salvation and the ultimate authority by which every realm of human knowledge and endeavor should be judged. Therefore, it is to be believed in all that it teaches, obeyed in all that it requires, and trusted in all that it promises. That's off of our statement of faith. That's off of our website. And you know, we're doing this series called Blueprint because, because our statement of faith is the blueprint by which we construct and build ministry here. And our blueprint, our statement of faith, has 10 key doctrines that we value, that we major on the major and we minor on the minors. Our statement of faith is important to us because it is the blueprint for all ministry that is done here. And the cornerstone for that statement of faith is the Word of God, is the Bible, 
Why is God's word so essential to our faith? Well, one writer puts it this way, and let me read this. It's a great quote. He's writing about the Bible. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. The doctrine is holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be saved, practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, heaven is open and the gates of hell are disclosed. Christ is the grand subject. Our good is its design. The glory of God, its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, health to the soul, and a river of pleasure. It is given to you here in this life. It will be opened at the judgment and is established forever. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the greatest labor, and condemn all who trifle with its contents. Let that sink in. I think that's a really nice description of the Bible. The Bible is, is essential. It is the essential and critical blueprint to everything that we say or do here at this church. It is essential for every Christian. It is essential for every Christian denomination. And of course, to every statement of faith. And when you ignore the blueprint, trouble starts because the structure is unsound. And regrettably today, the Bible, particularly in many churches, has fallen into hard times and times of disuse. We live in an age where people have never been more biblically illiterate, both inside and outside the church, than they are now. And without the Bible, without a blueprint, we are without a clue. And I'll show you what I mean. Here's a study I want to share with you. The study was called The State of Theology, and there are some statistics that I think show us what happens when we operate without a blueprint, when we don't have an understanding of the important doctrines of the Christian faith because we have lost our grip on the Bible. 46% of self-labeled evangelicals who attend church at least twice a month at least twice a month, believe that all religions are legitimate or equal, believing God accepts worship from all religions, including Judaism, modern Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. And there couldn't be three more different religions on the whole earth. These religions contradict one another. There's no way they could all three be legitimate. Barely half of all self-described evangelical Christians believe that sex outside of marriage is wrong, barely half, and, or offensive to God. Think about that. A professing Christian, a so-called born-again Christian, or at least a professing Christian, there are people who profess Christ but don't know Christ, right? Don't understand the sanctity of marriage. Over a third of, prof of professing evangelical Christians believe that they have a role in earning their salvation. That is amazing. 
I mean, no matter what you profess, can you believe these things and still honestly be a child of God, have received eternal life? Because we don't do well without the Bible. And being in a church no more makes you a Christian than being in a garage makes me an automobile. I mean, think about that, you know. Without the Bible, without a blueprint, we are without a clue. And it doesn't just stop there. Let me share with you some statistics. One of the, a very prominent mainline uh, Protestant denomination did a study of itself, and I'm going to present you with its statistics here. It wanted to understand why it had lost a million members since 2000 and why it was closing a thousand churches a year. And here's what it found. Less than half of church members... 44%, and elders, 48%, could report or describe a conversion experience. Think about that. 36% of church members indicated that they disagree or strongly disagree with the statement that only followers of Jesus Christ can be saved. You know, we're saying, well, the majority still believe, no, yeah, but think about this. Better yet, or worse yet, 45% of pastors disagree with the statement that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. 60% of their specialized clergies, think missionaries, think uh, denominational officials, 60% of specialized clergy disagreed with the statement that Jesus Christ, only followers of Jesus Christ can be saved. There was a a ray of light, roughly 20% of pastors and specialized clergy reported themselves neutral on the topic. I guess that's good. So between 65 and 85% of their their clergy don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. Is it any wonder that they're in the state that they're in? Which brings us back to the Bible. Because without a blueprint, without a cornerstone... No theological structure, no ecclesiastical structure, no church, no Christian, no denomination can survive. At the rate that this denomination is losing people in this study here, not our denomination, but that denomination, they expect, or experts expect them to have gone out of existence around 2025 or thereabouts. But God's Word, the Bible, is our blueprint. Because it has something to say about every inch of fabric that makes up the existence of of who we are. And this sermon series, which we're calling Blueprint, is all about understanding who we are and what we believe. And while our statement of faith begins with God, we're moving that around to begin with the Bible. Because as I said earlier, apart from the Bible, you can't know God. You can know about God. You can believe that he exists But you really can't know him and serve him. You can't find your way to salvation apart from the word of God because it tells us how to be saved. It tells us who God is. It tells us what his expectations are. It tells us who we are, where we came from, why we're here, and where we're headed, and how to find God. And that's why our statement of faith is important to us because it really fleshes that out for us, generally speaking, because it is derived from the Bible. So today, what I'd like to do is this. I'd like to talk to you about why the Bible is essential to your faith. 
I want to give you two reasons. I want to talk about two reasons why the Bible is essential to your faith. And they are, simply stated, because of what the Bible is, what the Word of God is, because of what the Bible, the Word of God does. And to gain greater insight into the Bible, the essential blueprint for your life, we're going to look at Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is about two types of revelation, general revelation. You look around and you see the structure and the order of the universe and you understand that nothing is here by random chance. That's called, that's called general revelation or natural revelation. You see the invisible God made visible because his handprints are all over everything that's been made. Just like you look at this building and you know it didn't happen by itself. You look at the creation and you know that there was design. You see the hand of man everywhere from hanging pictures in this room to the carpets to the technology. You see the hand of God everywhere in creation with the sun rising and setting on schedule and the comets making their way around the universe with a routine, everything, babies coming in nine months. You and I look pretty much the same with a couple of interesting variations, but we all have fingers and toes, right? Natural revelation. You can know God exists. Special revelation, which is also in Psalm 19, is the Bible, which gives you the detail that you need to be saved. Psalm 19, 1 through 6, talks all about general revelation, that the heavens are proclaiming the glories of God, and day to day pours forth speech, and there's no person on this earth that has ever lived, that ever lives, and ever will live, that doesn't know that God is, and all are without excuse, as it says in Romans. And then verses 7 through 14 tells you about the, the... necessity of having the word of God. So what I'd like to do is focus on Psalm 19 verses 7 through 14 and these eight verses pretty much tell the story. There are a number of synonyms that are used for the word of God, the law of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, whatever it is. But it's all, this is talking about the word of God. And this will tell us what the word of God is and what the word of God does. So follow along as I read it for you. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. By keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his arrows? That's referring to his own arrows. Declare me innocent of hidden faults. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then, then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Don't skim over that, those, those eight verses too quickly because there is dynamite. They say dynamite comes in small packages. There it is. Those eight verses are loaded. There is 10 pounds of seed there in a five-pound bag. And just dwelling on those verses, memorizing those verses will set your mind right 
in terms of your attitude towards the Word of God. Why is the Word of God necessary to your existence and survival? Why is it so important to us? Reason number one, because of what the Word of God, because of what the Bible is. Because of what the Bible is. And what is the Bible? The Bible is salvation. God's Word is salvation. Where do we see that? You see that in verse 7? The first half of the verse, call it 7a. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. And I'm not going to go too far into the Hebrew there, but that reviving the soul speaks of salvation. It speaks of causing someone to return to God. It's an old picture, Old Testament picture of salvation. That word shows up all over the Bible in the Old Testament. You know, Jeremiah talks about, if my people would return to me, that's the same word there. It revives the soul. The Bible is complete, and it shows us the perfect path to consolation and restoration to God. And it's a path that is so clear, even a child could follow it and understand it. The law of the Lord is complete. It is perfect. It is sound. And it is the way of salvation, except no substitutes. Is it... Somebody once wrote, talking about the Word of God, talking about the Bible, that its principles are so simple, even a child can wade in its shallow waters and enjoy himself or herself, but so profound that elephants can swim and not touch the bottom. That's the Bible. It's got something to say about every inch of thread that makes up the fabric of our being. In 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, we read this. Paul talking to Timothy But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it and how from childhood, and the the Greek word for childhood there is like toddlerhood, okay, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. So simple even a child can understand it. And find his way to Jesus. Find his way to God. God's word is salvation itself. It is the blueprint to finding God for eternal life. And without it, we're like 46% of those Christians who believe that all religions are created equal. Or we're like that denomination where 44% of its people and 48% of its elders can't describe a conversion experience. With it, we find salvation. Without it, we find condemnation. Understand that only through the Bible can you know God. Which brings us to another idea I want to share with you. The Bible is so important because of what it is and what is it. It, The Bible is God's wisdom. The Bible is wisdom itself. God's word is wisdom itself. Where do we see that? You see that in 7b. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Elsewhere, the psalmist says that the Bible, the Word of God, makes him wiser than his teachers, wiser than the aged. It is divine revelation. It is eternal wisdom. It does not expire. It does not go out of date. The Bible gives us wisdom above our years. It it doesn't matter how educated you are. It makes you wise to salvation. 
It enables us to to be wise beyond our years, to be wise above our pay grade, to punch above our weight class. It enables us to know eternal things, wiser than our teachers. That's the Bible. Wisdom for understanding, wisdom for living, wisdom for making sense of our existence, wisdom for salvation. The Word of God is wisdom itself. And what happens when the Bible is not taught or understood? What happens when we don't have a a daily dose of God's Word? 36% of church members strongly disagree that only followers of Jesus Christ can be saved. 45% of pastors will disagree with the statement that only Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, can be saved. 60% of Specialized clergy or missionaries in a particular denomination will not believe that Jesus is the only way. What is it they're taking out into the field then? Men make guesses. We call them theories. Sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. We know in the past people believe, and people, I'm not not here today to pick on scientists, but the scientists of that era believed in a flat earth, right? Right? We know there was a time when scientists believed in something called spontaneous spontaneous generation. You put a piece of meat there and it would grow flies. And then finally somebody got the idea, let's seal it up and see what happens. And as man experiments, he discovers what God already knows. I'm reminded that Ferdinand Magellan, I think in 1519 to 1521, circumnavigated the globe and proved experientially that the world was round. Problem is, is that in Isaiah 40, 22, it already said that. Thousand, a, a long time, thousands of years before Magellan. Talked about the earth, that God sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people look like grasshoppers to him. God is big and we are small and the earth was round. I remember the space program when I was a child, and I just loved it, you know, and some of us are older than others. Remember the Gemini program? That was before Apollo, you know, two people and everything. And I just remember it all. I remember being amazed when they went into space and you looked at the earth and it was round and it just looked like it was just floating out there and nothing. But Job wrote this, God stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth as if it's floating on nothing. Job didn't know about the Gemini. He didn't know about Apollo. Didn't know about the space shuttle. See, we can only discover what God already knows. That's why God's word is timeless. A lot of people say, well, you know, I just don't believe. If I tell you that I have a red jacket hanging in my closet and you refuse to believe me and then you go to my uh, condominium or townhouse and you break in and you find that thing hanging in my closet, does that make it any truer than it was already? Right? Right? And so God's word is wisdom itself. That's why in Joshua 1.8 we read this. In its divine guidance. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. 
We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org and also at Jono at hillside.org. That's J O N O at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening.